0: you church, please welcome Pastor Nathan this morning as he brings God's Word to
1: us. Thank you Jody, so much and I want to say happy anniversary to you as well church, happy 28th birthday, it's great to have you linking in with us, whether you're here in the auditorium in A2, the chapel, joining us online as well, just a really warm welcome to each of you. Um, Last Sunday somebody handed me this yellow envelope and it was marked on the front, early church history, Bridgman Downs. And uh, I thought you might be interested to see some of what was in that envelope. Uh, the first thing that I spotted in there was a who's who at Bridgman Downs Baptist from 1992, uh, including in it some photos in the uh, church directory back then. So I thought. Uh, well, in fact, I took the liberty of scanning a couple of these photos in because I thought you might want to have a little uh, reminisce, walk down memory lane, and a little bit of a, where are they now might be interesting as well. So the team have helped us get a couple of these photos on the screen. The first one is John and Narelle Ward. They were one of the couples commissioned out from Ashgrove. That's John and Norrell Ward in 1992. Um, where are they now? Here's a photo of them now. Look at that. Haven't changed a bit. Um, John and Narelle. There you go. Another couple that were in there I spotted, Stuart and Jenny Campbell were in the Who's Who at Bridgman in 1992 as well. There's Stuart and Jenny, many of them know them. Where are they now? Here's a photo of their family today. Praise God for Stuart and Jenny. What a blessing they've been to us at church. Wayne and Sue Something were in there as well, spotted them in the uh, directory back in 1992. Where are they now? Here's a photo of their family today. Praise God for Wayne and Sue and their heart to serve God in this place. And Ray and Cheryl, this was a good one. Here's Ray and Cheryl Sinclair. Ray looks very serious there back in 1992. Um, where are they now? Here is their expanded family today. Praise God for <laughs> Ray and Cheryl. And one more two in here. Um, Pete and Marie were in there. So here's a photo of Pete and Marie. That little newborn baby is Pastor Matt. <laughs> and now he's holding a little newborn baby this morning as well. It's amazing. Where are they now? Here is a photo of... The Sweet clan and praise God. Isn't that a blessing? But I must say, as I saw some of those photos, I had one of those moments of just being filled with thankfulness to God for these couples and many other couples as well who have sown so faithfully over the last 28 years, who have sacrificed, who have given, who have prayed with faith. And my heart was just filled with thanks and praise for these and others. In the, in the envelope as well, there was also a newsletter, an early newsletter, uh, from back at the very beginning, 1994, this one's for, from. This is what the newsletter looked like back then, one page, A4, um, back then. But inside it, this is on the day that the church was actually constituted as an independent church, Baptist church. And this is what Pastor Peter wrote in the front on that day. He said, Two years ago, we held our very first service as the Bridgman Downs Baptist Fellowship. We had about 40 adults and 25 children who began to come regularly. Today we celebrate not only our second anniversary as a fellowship, but also our official birthday as an independent church. God has blessed us with a great core of committed people, provided us with many physical resources already and given us a desire to be obedient to his purposes for our lives. We look with growing faith to what lies ahead, but today we pause to celebrate God's goodness and generosity Enjoy the day, share generously with others, and let's honor our Lord Jesus. And it not incredible today to look back over the last 28 years, to see the blessing that God has poured out, the hundreds, thousands of lives that have been impacted. And I think we should put our hands together and praise our great God for all he has done over that time. You know, something very significant isn't there about a legacy, leaving a legacy. And the Bible actually talks quite a lot about leaving a legacy, passing on a spiritual legacy to the next generation. And so I want to share with you a passage of Scripture today that actually talks about this. It's Psalm 145. And I just want you to open God's heart to His Word this morning and just allow Him to speak to you. But This is what it says, Psalm 145. It says, "'Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised.' and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works I will meditate. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. Thou shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall, and raises up all who are bowed down. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. This is God's word to us this morning. Some years ago now, research was conducted among a large number of nonagenarians, that that is people in their 90s, and through all this research they asked Um, these ones in their 90s, what they would do differently if they could live their life again. And their answers fell into three main categories. The first um, category of answers that they gave commonly was that they would reflect more. The second was that they would risk more. And finally, they said that they would do more to build a legacy. And the Bible shows us where this deep desire within us to leave a legacy comes from. The Bible tells us that we're actually created to be part of something so much greater than ourselves. We are designed and created to be part of God's everlasting, eternal kingdom and to leave a legacy, a spiritual legacy for generations to come. Often in our lives, we often think quite small in the scope of our vision. It's hard to think beyond the here and the now, particularly in the midst of the busyness and the pressures of life. We're just glad to get through the next couple of days, let alone think beyond that. But I want you to consider this morning how the length of your vision may impact your life, may impact the legacy that you leave. In three weeks' time as a family, we are looking forward to heading on a driving holiday to Cape York, right at the very tip of Australia. That is 6,000 kilometers in a car with five children. Um, So pray for me. Some wouldn't call that a holiday at all. They would call that crazy, but we are looking forward to heading up there. But I want to tell you that we're planning very differently for this holiday as we would for a normal holiday just up, you know, an hour up the road to the sunny coast. You know, for those sort of holidays, you just sort of jump in the car and we're pretty relaxed about what we pack. I wouldn't even probably worry about checking the fuel gauge or anything like that, but for this trip, we are packing the car very carefully. We are stocking up the car with you know, drinks and treats and things to keep the kids occupied. We are taking a map for some of the remote areas. We've got water, extra water on board. We've got a first aid kit. We'll definitely be making sure the fuel tank is full for this trip. But often we approach life, don't we, like just a short trip to the beach. And as long as we're happy in the present, we, we think, well, the future will just take care of itself. But what if we lengthened our vision? to include this life and the next, to have that eternal kingdom, everlasting kingdom view, or vision that God has for us. It would make a radical difference, wouldn't it, to how we live our life, to how we pray, to how we relate to God. And this Psalm is encouraging us to lengthen our vision, to realize that we are part of something so much bigger, so much greater than ourselves, an everlasting kingdom. And we have this opportunity, this privilege to be able to impart a spiritual legacy to the next generation. And the first point we see here in this psalm is that we impart a spiritual legacy through our praise and worship of our great God. Notice in verse 4, it doesn't say one generation shall merely teach your works to another. What does it say? It says one generation shall praise your works to another. And that's a big difference there. One commentator, one writer on this passage says these words. He says, dry, unemotional, indifferent teaching about God, whether at home or at church, is a half-truth at best. It says one thing about God and portrays another thing. It's inconsistent. It says that God is great, but teaches as if God is not great. He says, Psalm 145 shows us another way. One generation shall praise your works to another. He says, let praise carry the truth to the next generation because the aim of truth is praise. What we want for the next generation, church, what we want is not just heads full of right facts about the works of God. We want heads full of right facts and hearts that burn with fire for the love of the God of those facts, amen? That's what we long for. That is our prayer. It was Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, who said, I cannot believe in a God who wants to be praised all the time. You see, he didn't get it, did he? Nietzsche did not understand. This sarcastic statement suggests that God suffers from some sort of inferiority complex. It couldn't be further from the truth. Rather, God invites us to praise him because we were created We were created created to respond to him in praise and worship. It's right and true and good and proper that we should praise God because God's glory demands a response from his creation. That's why Jesus said as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, he said, if you did not praise, if the people did not praise me, the rocks would cry out. The rocks would cry out in praise to me. And so we wanna be a people passionate in praise, not holding back, Knowing that as we do this, not only are we blessed as we worship, but we are leaving a spiritual legacy to the next generation. It's important. Here's the second aspect we see in this psalm, and this might surprise you in some way. But it's this, that we impart a spiritual legacy through our faith in God in the midst of the trials and sufferings of this life. Verse 14 says the Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. What a great verse of scripture for us to grab hold of today. It was C.S. Lewis who famously said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You know, from the perspective of the world, leaving a legacy is so often focused around our successes and our achievements and our triumphs and our accomplishments. That's the world's perspective on leaving a legacy, but a spiritual legacy is different. A spiritual legacy is about testifying not to our success or our achievements, but testifying to the grace and faithfulness of God in our lives, which are always most evident in the midst of the trials and sufferings of this life, in the midst of the challenges and even in the midst of our own failures. That is where it becomes most evident. And Pastor Jim Cimbala says this in his book, Fresh Faith. He says, when I was Growing up, I thought the greatest Christian must be the person who walks around with shoulders thrown back because of tremendous inner strength and power. Quoting scripture and letting everyone know that he has arrived. I have since learned that the most mature believer is the one who is bent over, leaning most heavily on the Lord and admitting his total inability to do anything without Christ. He says, the greatest Christian is not the one who has achieved the most, but rather the one who has received the most. I love that quote. I love that truth. God's grace and love and mercy flow through him abundantly when we walk in total dependence upon him. And I wanna let you know that we never reach a place where we can live victoriously apart from his daily grace in our lives. Only the spirit can produce his fruit in and through us and that we need him to help us to make us the people that God has called us to be. And so God has to show us regularly or he has to show me regularly how needy I am, how needy we are. The great apostle Paul himself had to learn this seeming contradiction of God's strength coming out of personal weakness. He put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said to these words that the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, he said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I know that there are a significant number in our church family who have endured great suffering and hardship in this life, deep disappointments and heartache and loss. And yet they can declare today these words, the words of this psalm, these words of truth that the Lord sustains all who fall, that he raises up all who are bowed down. They can declare that today. They can share that today. And these testimonies are incredibly powerful among us as a body of believers. You know, they bring blessing to us. They release the power of God among us If you're in the midst of those challenges right now today, the midst of those trials, I want to encourage you, I want to say don't give up because you feel weak and overwhelmed today. Don't give up. That's the very place where the divine power will uphold you if you will turn to Him, if you will call upon Him, if you will call out to your Creator God, to your mighty God, independence. And through this, through your testimony, you're imparting a, a mighty spiritual legacy for the generation to come. And here's the final aspect we see here in this psalm that is that when we impart a spiritual, that we impart a spiritual legacy through our heart for prayer and a deep desire to know the manifest presence of God in our midst. This is what verse 18 says it says, The Lord is near. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Recently, I read from Henry Blackaby's book on Christian leadership, these words. It says, moderate success in ministry is a spiritual hazard. It can make us content to live without the manifest presence of God. Well, I pray, God, would you save us from ever being in that place? Save me from ever operating out of that place. Just this week, I've been reading a book called Sounds of Heaven, which is a, a whole compilation of personal accounts of people who lived through the um, revival in the Isle of Lewis in 1949 in Scotland. And they just have all these accounts that have been put together, compiled together in this book. It's powerful as you read it. But one thing you notice straight away as you start reading all of these accounts, that there is a distinctive emphasis that everyone speaks about. And that is the incredible awareness everybody had during that revival of the presence of God in their midst. This was the distinctive mark. This is the distinctive mark of revival. The manifest presence of God moving among his people. And I don't know if you've caught that snippet from um, Peter's message that was on the video screen earlier from back in 1994. That was a message preached here on that day when we were constituted as a church. It was on a tent on this property before there were any church buildings on this land, a little tent up the back there. But he said these words, let me remind you. He said, Lord, I, I don't know what to do, but I trust you. He said, these are the prayers that we need to pray as a church. It's a foundation for blessing among us as a people and the task facing us as individuals and as a church in this community as we look around us here and see the cars go by and say, how can we possibly do anything in this community? What strength do we have in this little clump of people here that God has raised up in the middle of Bridgman Downs? What can God do here? Well, folks, he said, that's exactly where we need to start. That's exactly what we need to say. It's right, we can do nothing of ourselves. And now here we are all these years later and we see the amazing things that God has done in answer to that prayer, to that heart. But let me tell you, nothing has changed for us, church. The prayer is still the same. God is calling us to reach our city. And as we look around this city of 2.5 million people just in this metropolitan city area alone, we say to ourselves, how can we possibly do anything in this city? A city which seems so far from you, God. What strength do we have? This little clump of people here in Bridgman Downs and the surrounding regions. What can God do in this city? Well, that is exactly right. We cannot do anything of ourselves. That is why we need to cry out to God in prayer and ask Him to pour out His presence on us, to continue to pour out His presence on us, to reveal His power among us. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his book on revival, he says this. He says, we must ask ourselves how we can succeed if we do not have this authority, this commission, this might and strength and power. We must become utterly and absolutely convinced of our need. We must cease to have such confidence in ourselves and in all our methods and organisations. We have got to realise that we must be filled with God's Spirit. And we must be equally certain that God can fill us with His Spirit. And we must be confident that God has this power as much today as He had 100 years ago and 200 years ago and 28 years ago for us as a church. I added that in, in case you're wondering. And so we must begin to seek the power and to pray for it, he says. We must begin to plead and yearn for it. That is our prayer, church. That is why we're gathering together again on Wednesday night. I wanna encourage you to link in with us online or come and be here in person. We are praying and crying out for the Spirit of God to fill us, for His presence to be known as we declare the truth of this psalm. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. And so we're gonna do that together. We wanna keep praying. It's only a work of the Holy Spirit that can transform this city and fulfill the things that God is leading us into in this season ahead. And this is not just for us, remember. This is not just about what God is doing now. This is about a generational impact and an influence that is far reaching. That is our prayer. Earlier this year, my father-in-law, Edwin, celebrated his 80th birthday, but it was in the midst of COVID, so we couldn't get together as a family and celebrate Instead, um, in the afternoon, he dropped around to our house so that we could give him his present. And uh, the kids were really excited to give Orpah his present. Um, What do you give someone for their 80th birthday? Well, you give them a brand new iPhone, of course. That's what you give them. So the kids couldn't wait to give Orpah his new iPhone. And uh, as they were giving it to him, they were really excited to help him set up the new phone as well. But to do that, they needed to get access to his old phone so they could sync the two together. And to do that, they needed to know the passcode of his old phone. And so he told them the past number for his phone, and the number was 2512. And then he said to us, we're sitting in the lounge room, all the kids were sitting around, and he said, you know, that number is actually really significant to me. He said, that date is the date that I came to place my faith and trust in Jesus as my personal saviour, is what he said. He said, it was the most important date in my life. The date that my life was transformed that I became born again through the Spirit of God. New life in him. And he then went on and spoke to us about the incredible blessing that God since that date had poured out upon his life and his wife Nora's life. And how grateful and thankful he was to God. And it was a really powerful moment as the grandkids were sitting around and we heard Edwin share from his heart. You see, Edwin didn't grow up with an understanding of what it meant to be a born-again follower of Jesus. He grew up in Graz in Austria and immigrated to Australia as a young man on an adventure, an adventure around the world, in fact. A number of years later, he would get married and become a young dad. And at the birth of their first child, my wife, Andrea, um, something began to awaken within Edwin. He began to have a question around, well, what, what did he stand for? What is this life really all about? And at the same time, a business client of his just so happened to share with him something of the good news of the message of, of Jesus and the life that is found in him. And everyone had an interest in this. And so this person directed him to a church that was near where they were living at the time. He began attending that church and he heard more about this good news message of salvation in Christ, new life in Christ. And then on the 25th of December, 1982, Christmas Day, he came to that point of personal decision, of saying, "Yes, I'm going to place my faith and trust in Jesus." And it was at that moment that he was born again, that he experienced the eternal life, the assurance of eternal life find, found in Jesus. And his life and Nora's life would be impacted dramatically. And here, 38 years later, was sitting in the lounge room on his 80th birthday, and he was sharing this with us. I want to tell you, we were so blessed as a family. It's giving much thanks to God for this spiritual legacy that he has imparted to us, for his prayers for us. He's a part of our church family here. His prayers for our church, his prayers for this community and this city and our world. But it's powerful, isn't it? You know, the greatest legacy you can leave is not around success or achievements or wealth or any of those things. That is not the greatest legacy you can leave. By far the most significant legacy you can leave is a spiritual legacy. By far, far more significant. And the great news is this, that it's never too late to leave a spiritual legacy. Never too late. As long as we have life and breath, we have an opportunity to pass on the next generation a legacy a spiritual legacy that is part of an eternal kingdom plan that God is unfolding and it begins by simply coming to that moment of placing your faith and trust in Jesus acknowledging that he is our Lord and Savior and at that moment you are born again and in that moment instantaneously you are imparting a spiritual legacy and so if that's you this morning, if you're tuning in online, you're here in the auditorium in A2, the chapel, and you've never come to that moment of decision. I want to encourage you this morning, there's no better time than on our 28th anniversary say, yes, Jesus, this is my moment to say yes to you, to be born again. And through that, not only will you receive the incredible blessing of peace and life and hope in Jesus, but you will be imparting a spiritual legacy as part of his everlasting kingdom. As we close this morning we're going to have an opportunity to pray a blessing over the different generations represented here today. It's actually incredibly powerful, praying a blessing. It's not just some matter of fact thing, there's great power in it when we ask God to bless the generations. And so we're going to ask, we're going to ask some who are going to come and pray, in fact, to come up and join me here. I've asked to come and pray over the d- different generations. They're going to come and stand across the middle here. But we're gonna break this up into three different generational groups. I wasn't sure how to do this. So what we've done is, I'm breaking this up into zero to 30. Um, generational category today, then the 30 to 60 category, then the 60 plus category. Now, if you're feeling young at heart today and you want to slip into another category, that is fine by me. I'm not going to worry at all. Or if you're on the edge of one of those categories and you're not sure which way to go, you, fail, you go whichever way you feel led, that is perfectly fine. But we do want to pray a special blessing over these generations. I'm going to actually come right across the front here, actually, as we pray now and uh, we'll do our right thing and socially distance a little bit between us as well up there. But um, we do wanna pray a blessing. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask Carly to to pray the first blessing. Carly grew up here in the church um, and has been part of this church for many, many years, growing up here and has received the blessing of the generations who have gone before. So I'm gonna ask firstly, those who are in the 60 plus generation, just to stand for a moment on your feet. If you're in that category, just to jump up on your feet right now. And we're gonna ask Carly just to pray a special blessing and give thanks to God for your legacy today. Let's pray together, thanks Carly.
0: Great are You, Lord. You are most worthy of praise. And how we praise You for those standing before us in this auditorium, in A2, in the chapel, and watching via the live stream. Lord, I thank You for these who have commended Your wonderful works to the next generation. They have faithfully witnessed to your strength in weakness and they have been on their knees praying for the generations to come, Lord. I thank You that without their witness, I and countless others would not have experienced the wonderful joy of Your presence and be standing here in this place. Lord Jesus, I wanna pray that You would continue to put Your hand of anointing and blessing over these ones. Lord, I pray that they would continue to tell of Your goodness to the next generations and the generations to come, and that Your goodness would be a reality that they would experience and continue to learn about each day. Lord Jesus, I thank You that with their partnership, we are here standing here in the church, Lord, and I pray that our generations would continue to be able to sow in to this generation, Lord would we be a great blessing to them as they are a great blessing to us. And I pray that we would stand united as a church together across the generations, Lord. Lord, we thank You for this generation who has sown so richly into the lives of others, that You've used each of them to further Your Kingdom and You will continue to use them in the future. Lord, would You bless them, we pray. Would they be continuing to sing of Your goodness all the days of their lives. We pray and ask in Your Name, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: Can we put our hands together and encourage and give thanks to God for this generation. You can be seated. John and Narella here, you saw their photo earlier, been here right from the very start of the church as well. I must say each one of these People up here, too, have their own testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness through the midst of the ups and the downs of life, the challenges of life. And so it's powerful you're praying for us today. But they're going to pray for the younger generation. So if you are 0 to 30 age bracket, you get to stand up now. If you want to jump on your feet, if you're in the 0 to 30, this is the same in the A2 in the chapel. If you're at home and you're in that age bracket, you might just want to put your hands out in front of you as we pray. 0 to thirties, up on your feet. That's great. John, would you pray a blessing over them?
2: Heavenly Father, we exalt you and praise your name forever and ever. We come before you to thank you for this next generation. Thank you for the zeal, passion and energy that they have. We pray that this will be combined with a thirst for understanding your Word. May you bless them as they seek where you would have them be. We pray for protection from particular challenges they face, the challenges of secularism, of being part of a society where awareness of You is much less than before. May they stand true to the Gospel in their places of study, work and play. May they effectively share the Gospel in a society awash with so much information and misinformation. May they seek opportunities that seem challenging to human understanding. May we take seriously to declare Your mighty acts and speak of what You are what you have done in words they all understand. May they learn of running the race with endurance, of standing firm in the face of adversity. May they learn examples of showing perseverance through trials where things have not gone well. May they be not afraid to learn from the mistakes that we have made. May all our experiences not just remain stories of another time, but will inspire this generation to search out their own experience and stories of you. May they be faithful and setting roots down deep to inspire, to encourage, to thrive and sustain. May they know that when they stumble and fall, you'll be with them, that you will hear their cries for help and rescue them. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, as does his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. We put our hands
1: together and encourage this generation as well. Now, if you're in the 30 to 60 bracket, I want you to stand up now as well. And Annette, uh, representing the 60 plus generation, she's gonna pray a blessing over you. Is it on?
3: Yes. I'm going to read the three scriptures the Lord gave my late husband Bruce and myself for our sons and our descendants when we brought them home in 1987. From Isaiah. All your sons shall be disciples of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. From Psalm 45, Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes in all the land. And from Psalm 102, The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. It was years before the Lord answered that prayer and our sons became disciples. But God was faithful to his word, so we believe he will do what he promised about our descendants too. Heavenly Father, I praise you for your salvation in the Lord Jesus and your faithfulness to me over these 60 years. So I can confidently pray for and commit the following generations to you. May the generation that followed me be so totally committed to you, Lord Jesus, and your word, that they will be an example to the younger generation of a life that, (laughs) sorry, of a life that is totally committed to you. And without any compromise. I pray, Lord, that you will deliver our younger generation from the legalism that hindered my generation from living in your freedom and from the apathy and self-centeredness of the generation that has followed. May all of our lives glorify you and count for the kingdom of God in the name of be- above
1: all others. Amen. 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 Can we put our hands together and just encourage and give thanks to God for this generation as well. In fact, let's all stand. Thank you so much for praying. Can we all stand on our feet? We're actually going to sing the song that we sung earlier that talks about the blessing upon the generations that God longs to pour out. And so make this our prayer, Church, as we sing this now, we are faith-filled about the things God is yet to do as we look to Him, as we call upon Him. So let's sing this with all of our hearts, declare these truths, declare this blessing out this morning as we honour our great God. Let's worship together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your presence here with us this morning. Lord, you hear the praises of your people, the prayers, the heart cry from us, Lord, oh, we pray. We pray you pour out your blessing on loved ones, on family members, on prodigals this morning, Lord. Hear our prayers. And we know you're moving, Lord, you are moving. You're moving in ways even when we can't see it, Lord. You're drawing people to Yourself, Lord. We pray for this city in which you place us, great God. We cry out and long for a mighty move of Your Spirit, Lord. We do. For hundreds, thousands would flood into Your kingdom. Churches right across this would we full to overflowing, Lord. That's our prayer. And so, Lord, we ask now, Lord, we declare we cannot do this on our own, Lord. We need You to come. We can do nothing on our own, great God. We need You to come now, Lord. Fill us with Your Spirit, Lord. Pour out Your blessing, Lord, so that we can be blessed to be a blessing to others, great God. Reveal Your goodness and Your love and Your faithfulness. Thanks for the testimony of so many here in this place, Lord, of Your faithfulness, even the midst of the deepest valleys of life, Lord. You are there, You are good, great God. And so we thank You for all that You have done and we are faith-filled and expectant for the future, Lord, to come move among us, stir within us. Bless Wednesday night as we cry out to You again, great God, draw near, make Your presence known among us in even greater ways than You have done before, we pray. So the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the countenance of His presence upon you and give you His peace. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much for sharing with us this morning in our service. As we leave, the band are gonna play a play out song for us. If you've got your offerings here today that you wanna give for half of the city or our regular offering, you can give that as part of our worship as we leave today as well. But God bless you. In fact, I think we should put our hands together. Give thanks to God one last time. He's good. He's amazing. God bless you. Let's worship as the band play this play out song. You can head out as we leave. God bless Well, thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you on the journey of faith. You can reach out to us by emailing hello at bridgeman.org.au. or if you have a prayer need, don't forget to email us at prayer at bridgeman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.